All right, everybody, it's episode eight of Stick and Ring Podcast, the first Happy New Year of 2021. We are back again. Uh, we've made our return. We've won the Battle of Helm's Deep. We have not died of COVID, any of us. Uh, we're here for the Battle for Middle Earth. Oh, harder, baby. Because it's Josh. How you doing? Good, man. Good to be here. That's we good. survived so 2020. Raffle, how you doing? Good. Tired. Shopping for helmets. There <laughs> you go. Shopper, shop till you drop. Yeah. Elijah, how you doing, buddy? I'm alive, sir. Uh, I'm sweating. I'm wearing a Christmas gift right now. It's a fleece and I'm indoors. So I am <laughs> I'm what we call caked in sweat from head to toe. What's the temperature in your house right now? Is it the Siberian prison temperature? Like, what's the deal? Well, if so, the windows are open, and okay, it's it's South Vancouver old ass apartment building. Marple, what's up? Um, <laughs> it's fucking cold in here, but I get I sweat when I get nervous, and this is the first time we've podcast in twenty one, so I'm nervous. That's the Weird. way things fly for me. Yeah. Do you so? Have you ever gotten nervous before we podcasted? Because I never have, actually. Or maybe um, the first one that we ever did. I, I think interviews, nervous. I got nervous when we, the first time we did an interview. Because uh, I didn't yeah. want to embarrass myself or the, yeah, the brand. If, yeah, if we've ever had someone really important on, yeah. you know. Yeah, I would say the times that you've left me and I've had to do solo podcasts, that was, that was tough. Yeah, you're before telling Raffle me, was here. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Um, yeah, those were times and a half, but I think I sweat during many, many social parts of my life. Like even watching shows, I tend to sweat. Like when I was watching the Zodiac, which by the way, movie review coming up later this episode of Zodiac, I was sweating at certain points. Like when Jake Gyllenhaal was being weird as fuck. Yeah. I was sweating. <laughs> remind me about that. Remind me about that later. Cause I've got a comment about Jake Gyllenhaal and acting that I, I really like. Yeah. We'll have to do okay. that. Um, so just a little heads up for the listeners. Uh, we're glad to have you back. We're glad to be back. Uh, we are back to our normal recording schedule. So we're posting two episodes a week again. Uh, we're just going to fly by the seat of our pants. Once hockey starts, we're going to get a, a big heads up from Bonnie Henry on two or on Thursday, the seventh to let us know if we can record in person, but either way, the episodes are coming. Uh, and for today, we got tons of sports, tons of, we got a movie review. I got some fucking cannabis stories. What, what we got a ton of stuff, but uh, we wanted to jump in a little bit on how the holidays were for the boys. For the boys. So, how are we? Yeah, how was it? <laughs> Who wants to go first? Elijah, Elijah why don't you start us off? Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Elijah, <laughs> well, how, how was your Chrysler? <clears throat> Matt Chrysler, it was uh, pretty good. I was, uh, I just finished telling you guys, I had I had back-to-back four-day weekends, so. That's huge. Like, just, just an absolute gong show of not working and like having mass expectations going into these days off, like we always do whenever you have extended days off. You're like, I'm going to do so much. I'm going to fucking write a to-do list, do everything I've ever wanted to do. I'm going to fucking start working out. You didn't do anything. There were days where I sat on the couch with the TV off. I didn't even fucking move. (laughs) You could have found a family of slugs that accomplished more than I did on some days. I mean, they are productive. But that's not to say that on other days I was. There were some days where, you know, did you, you guys know that famous Kobe Bryant quote when he explains like how he was so successful, how he spends like 10% in the 
in the in the green where he's like on fire can't be stopped 80 percent in the yellow where it's just like consistent and then like mm-hmm. whatever in the red that's yeah. what i that's what i felt like there were some days where i felt like i was in the green like i was a i was doing a shit ton of stuff <laughs> yeah but there was also times where i was in the red and that whenever you're in the red on the days off that just fucking sucks so yeah putting a little damper on the end of that but um the other part of it was my uh my little my little Maggie wasn't here. My little my girlfriend wasn't here. I was all home alone for most of this. She was in, oh, at her parents' God. house from the twenty second <laughs> all the way to the thirty first. So we, we saw each other once on Boxing Day, but yeah. other than that, dude, it was uh, it was just me. So so Elijah, my question for you, now. my question for you now, how was it, man? How many microwave taquitos did you make? <laughs> Isn't that nice? Just playing chill, sitting in your undies, doing nothing. Wait, before you answer that, also, how many drinks did you th- do you think you consumed at the time that from the time from Megan left to the time that she came back? Yeah, how many ounces of alcohol do you think you had? I, I honestly think that the answer, like the the obvious questions, are actually the opposite answers that you'd expect. Like no, like probably less alcohol than when she was here. There was actually like I was more clean when she was gone because there was obviously less dishes and I was able to do them fast. Right. But that's not to say that there was not gross shit going on in this house. Like, <laughs> like left and right, there was some bad. There were some bad things happening in this house. Um, I, so, like, I get the i I get the sense that your your apartment, if Megan is not there, not saying that like she would ever have a, an impact on this, but I feel as if when a woman leaves, it just starts to smell like boy. And there's yeah. just something about it. It just You're, smells like a guy's grundle. Yeah. And that, that, that's, what I, that's what I think of. Like, I, I feel like Megan probably came home ready for like a nice clean house. And she walked and she hit a wall of like must. And like just like the smell between your balloon knot and your coin purse. And like that's what she smells. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. You're, you're absolutely not wrong. I mean... Yeah. I, so like to I guess this would kind of, this might represent everything that was going on in the house when she wasn't here is that it was all everything that was happening in the house was designed to allow me to like sustain myself in every way possible like for example mm. in terms of food like there was a point where I would cook a pan full of pasta at five o'clock and that that had enough pasta in there for three people and I would eat I'd eat my normal portion first. But I would not put away the rest because I knew throughout the rest of the night of like having a couple of drinks and chel- playing shell and cod the whole time that I was going <laughs> to want to come back for more throughout the next literally eight hours. So that pan of pasta <laughs> would just sit there and I would go back like a fucking NASCAR hitting a pit stop. Like I would just go refill the plate, just come back. And then you're off. Yeah. <laughs> I had like... <laughs> It's like tires and oil in the kitchen. Literally fucked, dude. There was other examples too, but I I think that's the best representative of of how my time away was. Is it just me, or do you guys lose? I I was talking to someone um, the other day at work about this, and I'm one of those people that during the holidays, I find that I lose track of time during like. Christmas Eve and New Year's Day. So the 24th to like January 1st, I don't even know what day it is. Oh, you like, mean like all like, the way through those days? 100%. I, I'm, right I'm, I'm lost. I, I am lost after Christmas morning. It, it turns into like Boxing Day and then what? 
You know, someone's like, what day is yeah. it? Like, I don't know, like Monday. And they're like, no, Josh, it's Wednesday. I'm like, oh. Absolutely. And I don't know why that is. Me. I feel like it's because Chris, like Christmas just feels like a Friday, no matter what day it falls on. Did, didn't it fall on a Friday this year? I think it did. I think it, yeah. So that kind of fucks yeah. my theory right up. But either way, it just feels like a Friday. And after that, it feels like a Friday with a weekend, even if you're working. If you're at work, you're not working. Just yeah. weird like that. And this Sunday, this is the biggest Sunday for people that go back to work tomorrow. Because because New, New Year's Eve fell on a Thursday, did it not? Uh, correct. Yeah. And then and then January first is obviously at that's a Friday, Friday, Sunday's the weekend. So full four day weekend. Like people have been going on benders literally since Christmas, just drinking. Yeah. And then today is like the last day of freedom. Like school starts up again, everything starts up. Yeah, it's it's Sunday scaries to probably the max of any any other point of the year. Yeah, it's big time sucky. I love uh, it. Okay, I, I have something I want to bring up before we jump into sports real quick. Raph, or no, wait, we have to get to your guys' holidays. Fuck me. That was all just me? Yeah. Jesus Christ. Okay, you guys, Josh, jump in here. Uh, God, I don't really want to dampen the mood here, but my holiday was kind of pretty, like, I wouldn't say pathetic, but it was definitely, like, just me, myself, and I. Uh yeah. I did family Zoom calls on both my mom and dad's side, so that was really nice. And then open presents virtually. And then after that, I was literally like chilling at home and carrying on with my day to day. That's all. Like Christmas morning was like open presents, FaceTime family for maybe like an hour and a half, not even. And I'm like, okay, see you guys. Have a good Christmas. And checked out and I flipped on football, and that was my day. Jeez, I know, I know. It's kind of sad, but also at the same time, it's like, eh, I could go for some Josh time. That's the weird part is that when it it kind of feels weird being content during the holidays, not doing much. But I kind of feel the same way sometimes. Mm-hmm. Where is that weird that I don't? I, I'm not that bothered by all these restrictions that don't allow me to to do you know, like be with all the people I want to be for six hours or whatever it is that I don't mind the hour here and there. But yeah, I, I think sometimes it's a blessing in disguise to sometimes be like, ah, like you don't have that social pressure to like always do stuff. It's true. It is very you know? true. Raph, what were you up to, buddy? Uh, Making Matt I'm... fucking gnarly crepes on New Year's or Christmas Eve? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we had some crepes for like, uh, what's it called on Christmas Day and everything like that. And it was nice. But I mean, like Christmas was just Christmas, right? Like everybody kind of had the same kind of thing going on. You can't have any large gatherings. So, my family just like uh, Zoom called my grandparents and my aunt and uncle, and then we Zoom called some family from Europe the next day. Nice. Yeah, it, was, it was just chill. It was chill holiday season. Slowly becoming an alcoholic with all the alcohol that I got over the holidays. <laughs> but I mean, it's like I've got so much beer that I need to try and everything like that that I just don't want to. You know, I just don't want to wait. I just want to give it all a go now. Raph, <laughs> question for you. Yeah. Because you're Eastern European, do you guys open presents and? And stuff on Christmas Eve, like that's like your big day, right? Like yeah. Christmas morning is not as important to you guys. Yeah, not really. It's like not we, as big of a deal. Yeah, like we do like the whole present opening mm-hmm. and like dinner and everything like that on uh, Christmas Eve. Like technically, the tradition that my family has always had was that like when you can see the first star in the sky, that means you can start eating dinner, and then once you're done eating dinner, then you can open presents. Yeah, that's how it's always gotcha. been. The other thing that we that's do a, is that we're fucking intense. yeah, we're pescatarian on Christmas Eve. So, what does that yeah. mean? so fish like, only. 
Uh, yeah, the only me that we oh. eat is fish. Oh, right. right Just right, dope. Right. And then there's like a bunch of like different style, like pierogies and shit like that. And like a bunch of other dishes. Mm. It's really nice. Love some, love some pierogies. Yeah. See, you know how, you know how people have taken the turkey dinner to like the next level at certain points, like just insane ways of cooking it. Like the way our friend cooked it that one time with the smoker and the beer can in there. Yeah. Have that was so tried, good. Have people tried to revolutionize fish in that way? Like, has anyone taken a full sockeye and shoved a beer can up its ass? Probably. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. That would like. I think that's something that the culinary world should do. You explore. shove it up its ass, or do you th- shove it down its throat? I think you shove it up its hoop. Yeah, right up the hoop. I think no that's spit, what you do. No lube, just right up. Have you ever seen a fish's butthole or no? <laughs> What's that? Have you ever seen a fish's butthole or no? No fish. Everyone do, do has fish. Have a butthole, do fish have do no no? That's not true because Kim Jong. Kim Jong Un doesn't. Oh yeah, he's he a butthole. Uh, yeah, he doesn't poo, dude. Yeah, <laughs> come on, Elijah, give it the program. How could I fuck that up? Well, if you Google <laughs> fish butthole, they show you a couple things. Yeah, are you looking at I fish really butthole right now? I really don't want to. I'm looking at fish buttholes, and they're like, you know, they're they're, they're kind of what you'd expect. There's not <laughs> a single image of a fish butthole. There's yeah, there's one of like some sort of sea plant creature thing that looks like it's literally shitting. But yeah, if I'm right, fish excrete urea. I think it is. Ew. Yeah. Ew. I don't well, like that word. <laughs> either well, way, I, I feel like, like there's a there's there's got to be a creative way that fucking Jamie Oliver can take a beer can and shove it up a, a fish's something. Maybe down his throat. <laughs> Maybe that's the foie gras thing we're looking for. It's just not <laughs> the foie gras. <laughs> let's, let's not discover the next foie gras. Let's not be those guys that are that. No, no we don't want to do dark. that. Fish pee yeah, through I, a tiny <laughs> opening called the pore, and some fish have their waist also go through their skin and their gills. Ooh, so it looks yummy. like you're shoving that can up its, down its fucking throat. All right. Oh, I'll have to talk to the, the, the cooks in my life and the people that are fancy with the food. Mm-hmm. Um. I had a question for you guys. Uh, this is kind of a story slash question slash little probe here. I uh, so I recently went to the government cannabis store for the first time, okay. and I've also never been to a dispensary. And Raf, you've been to many dispensaries, right? Uh, yeah, a fair amount, a decent amount. Right, yeah. Josh, have you ever been to any? No, dude, I've never smoked weed in my life. But and you never even stepped foot in a dispensary though, or anything, right? Never. Damn. So like one of the things I was I was I I was floored at is just like actually how how it was set up the the entire store i don't want to say futuristic it didn't look futuristic but it was just it looks pristine it was set yeah i was expecting to walk into something <sighs> like a liquor store where there's just shelves there's a counter and there's signs like of what it is no it's there was there. there was actually like a ton of technology first of all yeah but uh, like the, the simple stuff that make a business like ipads to order and and whatever like uh like digital posters and stuff like that but there was so much information to consume like i i i, I don't usually turn into one of those people that goes into a store and starts reading all the signs and starts like, you know, in in digesting every bit of information. But I turned into one of those people. I turned into a store tourist because I was reading, (laughs) I was fucking reading about the terpines, Raph. Do you know about the terpenes or the terpines, whatever they are? The terpenes. Terpenes. The terpenes. Terpenes. The smell, the smell of the weed. I never knew that. I just thought it smelled the way it smelled and that's the way it is. No, uh, we, we tend to smell really different. Like you can have a lot of like sweet smelling ones, a lot of earthy smelling ones. Yeah, some, dude, I read a sign like once. Yeah, I read a sign and, and it was and it's it had like a color coordinator as a legend almost to explain which ones are which. And one of them said like cinnamon and allspice. And I was thinking, yeah. fuck, dude, there's like a pumpkin spice <laughs> weed out there, dude. Yeah. Dude, that's Josh, pretty sweet. Josh, to put this into perspective for you, like of what the store actually looks like on the inside, 
Like think yeah. about you walking into like a jewelry store, like think of like Pandora or something like that. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And you're going in there and instead of it being jewelry inside the cases, it's just basically like jars of pot. That's so sick, dude. Yeah, glass, it's actually yeah, super clean case. inside. That's yeah. so high yeah. tech. Yeah, it's fucking I, 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 this is This is very fanboy of me, but I, I thought of it when I was in there. I'm like, I want to co- I want to come here on a field trip with the boys. Just a group of eight guys coming in here and just like raving about how cool it is. For like, I walked in and they had the one display in the middle was kind of just a full circle of it, it's it's silly to explain what it was. It was basically just where all the flowers were, all yeah. the different kinds of weed they sold there, all the buds and everything. And then along all the walls, I'm, there must have been ten or twelve, maybe different cases of different things in there. Everything everything that everyone's heard of before, like ointments, uh, edibles, beverages, everything like this. High CBD. There's there's bulk orders, things like that. And there was so much stuff, dude. And my my girlfriend pinned it perfectly. She said she knew the minute I walked in there that I was going to buy something, and I had to. Yeah, it was. I was. I was in. I was like a, a kid in a toy shop. Yeah. So I bought some CBD gummies and I bought some what I thought were CBD joints. I don't think they are, but we uh, we tried some last night. That was fun. CBD joints. Love that. Yeah, CBDs. CBDs like uh, I don't find. I kind of related CBD to Tylenol. Fun. Yeah, it's just like taking like a painkiller or something like that, and just like a painkiller that yeah. relaxes you. Yeah, I, I do want to try taking it when I'm at a stressful point in my life or something like that and trying to notice the effects then. But because I've heard from a lot of people that it works, it works wonders. But yeah, I, I could see I could see the other side. But Raf, have you been into a government store before? Uh, no, I buy my stuff online now, if anything. Yeah, or privately. Yeah, that was, that was one of the, com- the comparisons I wanted to hear. I need to go into a dispensary now because I want to see if every store is just like that. I know every store has the whole like glass case kind of look and. And the counter with obviously like the very clean, minimal kind of look. Yeah. But I want to I want to know how much information is there too. Like because I've I thought I knew a lot about weed, but I didn't know shit. There's there's a really good app that. that you can use on your phone called Leafly. Um, yeah, it's super <laughs> good. It's a free app, and then it basically just like you can like Google strains, you can Google dispensaries, like all like or so I should, I should say you can look up strains, dispensaries, all this kind of shit on it, and it tells you like like. Uh, the cannabinoids that are in the uh, like the actual like flower itself, the terpenes, the effects, like it's insane. Fuck it's yeah. super. It's and it's like it's very accurate. It like even Raph, shows you like what kind of strains came from it and like what kind of strains uh, it goes towards. It's cool. Raf, quick fire question for yeah. you: what, What's your favorite way to consume the weeds, and yeah. what's your favorite strain of weed? Uh, my favorite way to consume it is I don't like edibles because I find edibles like, like I like my experience to end sooner than later. Yeah. Aren't Uh, they very potent? 12 hours long sometimes. Uh, they're usually about eight. Yeah. Yeah. Like it depends on your tolerance and the strength and everything like that too. Right. But I think on average it's like, I think it takes like an hour or so to like for you to actually feel it. And then it peaks at about an hour and a half, maybe two hours. And then it's just like the rest is to come down. Mm. Um, at least from my experiences. and then. Whereas, like, if you smoke it, you'll feel it within, like, if you, okay, so I prefer smoking, like, a distillate pen that I have right now. I just like it. A lot of people don't like the kind of high because they, it's like, so it's it, like a vapor, right? Yeah. People just say, like, it, like the high is more clean and it, like, builds your tolerance. So some people aren't really a fan of that. They kind of like the, like, the super, like, stone feeling that a joint can give you, where it's like, this is just, I don't know. I find with this, I can, like, focus and get more things done. So I prefer that right now. Um, and then my favorite strains that I've had were, Pineapple Express is actually fucking dope. Uh, I have Maui Wowie right now, and I really like it. 
And then the, <laughs> Mally, uh, yeah, and then the other two, the other two favorite ones were Trainwreck when I tried that once, and then there's this one really good sativa that we had called Green Crack, which was actually fucking gnarly. And it was just like, like it was probably one of the most like like I've never laughed so hard at anything. <laughs> and I had Green Crack, and I was just like, I was like an idiot. It was great. Yeah. So, so do, would you say most of those strains are sativa? Yeah, I, I I I enjoy sativa more than anything. I think. Okay. Sativa or Trainwreck is a sativa dominant hybrid. Maui Waui is a sativa. Uh, Pineapple Express, I think, is in. Oh no, Pineapple Express might be sativa dominant as well. Yeah, I think there there, a lot of them are sativas, but that's just my kind of style. Like, I don't like being couch locked. I like having a little bit more energy in. Yeah. So, Josh, being someone that's never tried weed, if you were if you were going to try it, what form would you use it in, and what? What like would you? Sorry, answer that question first, and then I'll ex- then we'll explain sativa and indica before you have to choose one. Okay. Um, and there are so I, many cops listening right now, so be careful. <laughs> if I if I were to try it, I'd probably just smoke it, like just traditional, like just yeah. do it that way. Okay. I don't think there would be another way that I w- I would want to experiment w- with it first, like. You can obviously, you guys know how you guys know how it all works, but yeah, smoking. Let's just say, let's just say okay. That. Gotcha. So the main difference between the the main two that are out there, sativa and indica. So sativa, there's more aspects to it, but basically, it does not deplete your energy, and you kind of can sometimes be more energetic, or you just feel you feel <sighs> you can be productive, that kind of stuff. You're you're moving around, you feel better that way. Uh, totally. Indica is much more of a relaxed and can kind of make you. Uh, yeah, just very lazy. Lazy is not a, a kind of a negative word, but more relaxed. relaxed. Yeah, that kind of thing. What okay. what one are you leaning? Where are you leaning here? Um, I think it would obviously depend on the mood, you know. So yeah, totally. if I'm just, I just want to lay back in the shack and you know do nothing and play video games with the boys, I'd I'd go with the what is it called? I always forget. Is it the ladder? The ladder is the second option, right? Yeah. And, the, yeah, and then the form is the first. Form but right. if I'm going out with the boys and I want to get amped up, then yeah, the first one for sure. <laughs> Yo, you're not okay, getting so. like amped up or anything. Like you're still yeah. gonna be hella chill, but you're just able uh, okay. to be energetic, if anything. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, then honestly, I would say the first one in both scenarios I just made. Probably okay. the first one. So I just, yeah. okay. I just realized something. I went on Leafly real quick, and I was just like double checking my facts and everything about the strains and whatnot. And so the reason why I think I enjoyed Trainwreck, uh, what's it called? Trainwreck, uh, Maui Waui, and Pineapple Express was because Pineapple Express and Trainwreck combined when like when they're uh, flowered together make Pineapple Express, which I didn't know. <laughs> so I was like, oh, okay, that kind of makes sense, I guess. <laughs> Someone was listening to you explain that whole part, and they know everything. They're like, what the fuck? Dude? <laughs> like he has no idea what he's talking about. <laughs> That's so sick, though. I'm glad, yeah. glad you guys could indulge me on that that talk. I feel like I've 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 sprouted a bit on my knowledge here. Did you know that your favorite band also loves your favorite hockey team? If you love hockey and you love music, you're gonna love Bar Down Breakdown, a podcast that explores the crossover between alternative music and the sport we love, hockey. Every NHL player wants to be in a band. And every band guy wants to be an, 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 you know, a pro athlete. With guests from all over the globe, come along with us as we interview some of the most captivating names in alternative music and talk about why we love hockey and how it's influenced us. 
know, there was a, for a few seconds, I thought like, well, maybe we should wear Montreal jerseys. And the NHL was like, mm, I think you should stay neutral. <laughs> and we're like, yeah, yeah, you know what? You're probably right. So tune in every Tuesday on the Hockey Podcast Network, where we'll have a brand new guest and a unique look into the bridge between hockey and music. You guys want to? You guys want to jump into some hockey talk here, hey Joshy? Oh yeah, Raph, go to the bathroom. We know you're trying to pinch one off here. I so. gotta go to the bathroom so bad. I'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> Rocking, dude. Rocking. And, then, the and then there were two. Raph will catch you in ten minutes, buddy. Yeah, I'll see you guys soon. <laughs> Probably he's gone. <laughs> he's gone. Um, okay, Josh. So we've got tons of hockey talk. Um, tons. We can we can jump into. Why don't we jump into some Canucks talk first? We are we attempt to be a Canucks based podcast. We are the number one podcast in Vancouver, but you know we we do things our way. So yep. Um, the latest news coming out of Canucks camp is we got our boy Travis Hamonic. Uh, you must have sweet talked him when you were in Calgary recently. Yep. Bringing him over on a professional tryout. Uh, which I don't understand how that works when this guy used to be a top four defenseman, probably still a top six defenseman on any team. Mm-hmm. But so here we are. We got a PTO, Travis Hamonick. What are your initial thoughts on Travis Hamonick, the NHL player? Uh, gritty and de- very defensive minded, which I yeah. think the Canucks right now. Are you a fan? The first time when you hear the name, are you a fan? When Calgary traded for Travis Hamonick, I was fucking ecstatic. I thought he was unreal. I, I really like the guy. And the Canucks, we need a good right-hand defenseman other than Tyler Myers. So I'm fit. I'm yeah. really down with this. And I think because like it's a PTO and it's last minute, he's he's gonna come cheap. Um, you know, barring he obviously makes the team. I would say that his style of play though is very phys- or I wouldn't say very physical but because he's a stay-at-home defenseman he's obviously very gritty and with that comes injuries. He's had injuries in the past with Calgary and that has kind of set him back. Um and he's getting up there like he's not like old old but like he's definitely in like you know the longer like the more end years of his prime, I would say. Yeah. He's th- he's currently 30 years old and when you you nailed it on the head when you called him when you called him gritty or you call stay at home defenseman all these things he does not score points he's not he's not a point scoring guy no no um but and that's really hard in today's NHL because more and more fans have so much access to so many stats and all these things that teams teams and fans all they want to see is points they just want to see their players put up points in all aspects sooner or later we're going to expect the goalies to score ten assists a fucking season yeah hundred percent I so I think. Where this is tough for him is that a he doesn't score a lot of points, so he fell out of favor in Calgary quite quickly. Yeah, and and not only that, but also him opting out of this. He opted out of the the play the playoffs, right? Yes, which yeah. he was not I, in the bubble. I, I I don't think either of us are ever going to judge a guy for doing that. But unfortunately, nope. recency bias plays a factor in that. Is that like you never saw the guy since March? So yeah. Who's to know how he's going to play? Like it's another year off his life, kind of thing. So yeah, for sure. But that's honestly where as I, I feel like you and I are intelligent hockey fans, Josh. We actually know what the fuck's going on in the game. And we can see past the, the base layer of things. So when we see a defensive defenseman, we're able to say, fuck yeah, Jim Benning. Like, you a smart man. Can I, can I say something? Thing. I'm going to yeah. say something nice about us. Oh, already neither. Even though we already tire pump ourselves on the daily. But I'm going to say something nice about us. We're actually yeah. like not, I would say irrational 
when, when no. it comes to takes and other teams. Like I would say we're pretty fair. Would you not agree? I I would say I would say we're the most we 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 speak for the people and for the people we are as fair as possible. Yes. You know, like if Vancouver's playing like shit, we're going to let them know about it. Yeah. And if they're playing unreal, we're going to let them know about it. Absolutely. But we'll never we'll never like try and justify bad play. You're like, "Oh, well, you know, th- like this player screwed us on the other team." It's like, "No, no, no." It's like this is our issue. Like this is a team problem. It's not the other team. We're just bad. You know? Yeah. And so, specific players too. We're, we, we have no loyalty. We aren't loyal. We, we have the network and they they give us leash and leash, dude. Yeah. Yeah. So, so when I heard that, like Brock, like, and don't get me wrong, but when there, when there were trade rumors about Brock Besser being, you know, apparently shopped to Minnesota wanting to go there, dude, if he leaves, man, like good riddance. Like if he doesn't want to be here, like, I don't want you here. You know what I mean? It's kind of that yeah. mentality. Yeah. You know, don't I, fuck with don't fuck with my team. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, and so where Travis Hammond comes in on that is the fact that, hey, if he wants to be here, that's that might be numero uno for second rank. Mm-hmm. If you're if you're if you're saying to me that you're a 30 year old and dude, three years ago, this guy was traded for a first for a first and two second round picks like this guy's yeah. no slouch. Yeah. And, Calgary and gave sure, up a lot. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he was. Was he a, I think he was a second round pick. You're not a first round pick, but like back on the Islander days, he was a, he was a, he was a top four defenseman. He was a top four defenseman in Calgary mm-hmm. and Calgary's defense was not bad with him there. No, Defense, he might've suffered injuries and he might know what he was meant to be being traded for a first and two seconds, but yeah. he was not, he was not God. He's not the Louis Erickson of the Calgary defense by he any was, means. Yeah. He was never, he was never pegged in Calgary, at least by their fan bases being like, this is one of the worst trades ever. You know, yeah, did Calgary overpay for him? I would say in the grand scheme of things, they did, 100%. Um, yeah. But I, I would say that a lot of teams kind of do that when, you know, at the draft, because that's when they acquired him, I'm pretty sure. It was before, like, right before the NHL draft. Yeah, um, June 24th. Yeah, so, you know, yeah, we 100% Calgary overpaid for him. But when you looked at Calgary's defense at the time that would have been Travis Hamnick, TJ Brody, Mark Giordano. There's one more guy I'm thinking of and uh, Noah Hannafin and Noah Hannafin. That was the four. And to be honest, I would say that's a pretty freaking good blue line. Oh, that was, we were, we were discussing, I think we, I don't know if we were podcasting at that time. That might've been our first year when we were doing ride the pod. Yeah. yeah. No, it was. It was, I eh? think no, it 100% was when we started ride the pot. I'm pretty sure that was Hamnick's like first year in Calgary. Pretty really? sure. Well, there we go. I, you and I were talking about how that was very reminiscent of the Nashville Blue Line, where the PK yeah. Subban trade was a good trade for them in the moment. I thought I think everyone think it was a, thought it was a good deal in the moment because mm-hmm. it already took their defense was already going to be what it was. But Calgary's was similar. It was it was a top four of almost board, just below all star caliber defensemen all around. Totally, like totally. complete studs in the top four. So, yeah, I think to be able to snag a guy like that on a professional trout. Now, the details—I don't know if you've read into the details. I, I know a bit about it, and so the the cap situation with the Canucks. Just to enlighten people here, we're already a little bit over the cap, so some money shuffled around, and I have these probably worth like one or two million, whatever it is. Yeah, we don't have the money right now, but with Fur- with Michael Furland still dealing with concussion issues, it's can most we put like- him on LTIR. 
Exactly. That's most likely what's going to happen. Um, yeah. So if that happens, that's where the money for Hamnet comes, and that's I think that's the reason it's a PTO right now and not a straight up uh, contract. Yeah, and it's kind of we're kind of like fostering a free agent at this point. Like we don't we haven't made any commitments yet, but we're we're we're, we're yeah. trying it out. You know, we're tasting. I so, love it. I'm excited. You, honestly, I didn't even know up until you told me today um, when you yeah. made that outline. I was pumped. I got um, it, there was nothing on TSN. I feel like TSN is either been so busy covering the World Juniors and then somehow, of course, the Toronto Maple Leafs also make an appearance, which I think we can talk about <laughs> next if we're done on Travis yeah, Hamnack. Let's do it. Let's do it. So somehow, like Toronto media, you gotta love them. Uh, they're back and they're covering the Leafs and everyone's all like, oh my God, like Joe Thornton's on the line with Mitch Marner and Austin Matthews. I'm like, dude, I'm like, can you guys chill for a sec? I'm like, this is literally like first day of camp. Like he's probably <laughs> yeah. just there for just hanging out with the boys. You know what I mean? Like well, that's, all, you, that's all it is. You know what? You know what else sparked <laughs> the news too? What is that? Our boy Sheldon Keefe said in a news conference. He said he envisions him playing there. That's that crazy. Fucked? Is now, it? I'm not, oh that, man, it's kind of fucked. Like I think Joe Thornton's 38, 39. Is he not? Is he getting up there by now? Yeah. Oh yeah. He's he's hundred percent up there. It I'd is, say I don't want to say he's 38, he's 39, little, but he's easily like 36, 37 for sure. And he's gonna be playing. There's already been ice time. So he's 41 years old. Let's just get that out there. He's 40. Wait, 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 wait. He's 41. <laughs> yeah, he's 41. We're years idiots, old. dude. We're actually <laughs> idiots. Like, how do we not know? I'm like, he's easily 36, 37. You're like, yeah, he might be 38, 39. Like, he's still like this guy's <laughs> his late 30s, dude. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's almost like saying, dude, like, I'm closer to 35 than this guy is almost. Yeah. Like, we're getting to that. That's how far off we almost were on that one. But. <laughs> So he's he looks like he's fifty one too with that fucking beard. But um, yeah. there's zero chance he plays in that line. I'll just get out there and say that there's maybe a, a half percent chance, but it's going to round down to zero because there's already been issues and news stories about how Austin Matthews doesn't get enough ice time and all that stuff. And there's no fucking way that forty one year old Joe Thornton's going to be playing anywhere near twenty minutes a night. That doesn't no happen. Chance. Or even twenty two. Good luck. No chance. I Dude. You know, I do like. I like the idea of maybe the, the Leafs are on like a little three game bender on the bad side and they're they're looking down their bench and they're, and they're just it. trying they're to shake things mat. up. Yeah, they're like, fuck <laughs> it. You know, it's the third period. Let's let's give Joe Thorne ten shifts and let's just see what happens. <laughs> I like that idea. I don't know about the whole let's start game one with Joe Thornton about to play twenty two <laughs> minutes and and fucking come out of here having to take his heart medication. Like that's not <laughs> happening, dude. That's me as a walker right. after this. I was right about to say, man, like to put this guy on the line with those two, those two studs, the only way that I really see this working is you basically have like, if if Matthews and Marner are in the least defensive zone, like taking a draw, they'll put someone else on the wing. And as soon as they're in the offensive zone and they get the breakout done, that one random winger that's with Matthews and Marner changes and Thorne just skates in the offensive zone, <laughs> goes behind the net, just starts chucking nasty passes to these guys. Yeah. That's the only way that I actually see this working. Because he can't yeah. keep up. Like he physically dude, like Morgan Riley is gonna be like Joe Thornton is gonna be the last one back leading the charge and leading the dump and chase because he can't <laughs> skate. Joe like, Thornton's he's he, old. the only time he can be on the ice is when the other team has defenseman on the, the back and he, like that's the only situation where this works. 
<laughs> oh maybe, my god! Maybe there's dude. a certain game plan that Sheldon knows that we don't know. But yeah, I mean, me, yeah, there's something there, and I don't know. I I also think at the same time, I think it's just Sheldon Keith, like maybe biting into that Toronto media and just trying to give them a headline on the first day of camp. Like, I feel like maybe this is just like Sheldon Keith fucking with Toronto. You know what I mean? Yeah. I could see it. I could see him playing a little Bill Belichick on his own media. Hundred percent, dude. Right? Why? Like, what do you have to lose, dude? Like, you got yeah. Joe Thornton, big name. Like, just fuck with Toronto media. Yeah, and fuck with the rest of the Canadian division too. Everyone else is probably sitting in the war room, thinking like, "Oh fuck, dude, what do they have in store for us?" Like, there's, there's no way this is surface level. They figured something out. Yeah, and then you yeah, think you're know. like, if you if you're a coach and you see that line combination, like, what do you do? Do you like? Like, what pairing do you put out there? You're like, okay, well, Joe Thornton. So it's basically a two-on-two with Marner Matthews and the two defensemen because Thornton is basically having a heart attack behind his own net. You know, like, yeah. what, like what's the game plan? Like, who do you put out there? <laughs> like, against this I have guy? no idea. It's <laughs> fucked. So, hey, you anyway. know what? We forgot to touch on this. Kind of what the... Let's go back to the Hamannick thing for a second. And let's just okay. discuss what this means for the Canucks on opening night. Let's just assume that things go as they're predicted to go with Furlan and he ends up on LTIR and hopefully yep. <laughs> finds himself. Let's just say that um, as a side note, but also that, so going into the season with Hamannick competing for a spot, mm-hmm. a lot of talk has been made about the young guns and the defense being given a chance this year to make the team being you Levy and, yep. and Jack Rathbone as well. And even guys like uh, Brogan Rafferty, like there's, there's tons of defensive prospects that there's not a lot a of people prospects. in the pipeline. Yeah, there's there's some yeah. chances that are going to be doled out this summer. Um, maybe we should ask a question in a more current act of the Canucks. Not so much your your deep rooted belief, but mm. what for this current Canucks team where we're shaping up and the roster we have and the situation that we have of this season. What do you think would be more useful? Do you think if you Levy comes in or Rathbone comes in or Rafferty and they let's say they all have a let's say every defenseman has the best camp they've ever had. Mm-hmm. What do you think is the is the best situation for the Canucks here? Who should we put put down for number six? Um, you know, I think with the defensive core that you have. Okay, so let's just go through the defenseman quickly. So because I haven't, we haven't talked about the Canucks in so long. So yeah. Quinn Hughes, Nate Schmidt, Tyler Myers. Are we including Travis Hamnick in this? Uh, well, so we let's just say just say six for the purpose of the discussion. Like six defensemen. Uh, just yeah, just say number six because it, it, it could be for the purpose of this this discussion. It could be any one of those four people we just talked about, right? Right. Um, I and so I so know. we also got we also got Alex Edler. So you named the four guys that are for sure there. Yeah, Hughes, Edler, Myers, and Schmidt. Um, yeah. and then you kind of have a, a toss up for five and six. I suppose there's two spots. Mm-hmm. So I mean. You've got Jordy Ben as well, Ole Ulevi, Rafferty, and then you got kind of Rathbone and Havanek here. So you got a bunch of young guys and a couple older guys. So I would take I would take one I would take one rookie. I would take one rookie and one veteran. So yeah. between the veterans, Jordy Ben and Havanek, I'm going to take Havanek all day. I think yeah. Havanek wins that battle. I think Ben is. I don't. It might be just time for him to move on, um, but I would say Ulevi is the oldest of those three right out of Rafferty and Rathbone and himself he's the oldest correct ah uh, that's a good question I don't mm, let me check I have it up here right like here. So if anything they're only like a couple years apart 
Yeah. No, dude, you you love he's three years younger than Rafferty. And he's who was the other guy we were talking about? We were talking about Rathbone. Rathbone. Rathbone's yeah. the youngest of the three. So yeah, I mean you've got you've got Rathbone's a ninety nine, Ulevy's a ninety eight, and Rafferty's a ninety five. So Rafferty's Honestly, already 20, 25 years old. He's not exactly a young guy. He doesn't have a lot of NHL experience. For, but. for me, I would say then I would take Yulevi. Yeah, so I, that, that I would, would be go, mine. I, I think I think if Rafferty's not up right now and he's 25 years old, like you're you're not going to make it. I just I don't. Yeah, but I, I get that too. But I've I've seen numbers out there, and he's he's had a very successful last couple of years in the AHL. I think he's might have even won some awards along the mm. way in the last year or two. But right. either way, I think. That you're on the right track, though. I think the best case scenario is somehow having a mix of veteran and youthful exuberance out there. For right? sure, and, and I feel that Vancouver—that is the one thing that I will say about Vancouver's blue line, especially now. Like, if you were to say, you know, who of those six people that we just chose? So let's just say it's you—we pick Yulevi and Hamnick as the five and six. How many? Of those six are veterans, and how many of those are young? So it's Hughes, Hughes, and Yulevi are the rookies. Who else is on that blue line? Well, yeah, Hughes isn't a rookie, but I know what you're saying. He's young, but guy. like he's younger, younger. So in terms yeah. of youthfulness, I would say they're the two young guys, and then you have four veterans. But I also see a possibility where maybe like does Edler is this the year that Edler maybe starts to become like a healthy scratch? Like I don't know, like he's kind I of. I can totally. I can honestly see it. Like I, I think this was a idea that it's not that I thought about it last year, but you can see steps in his game where he not only does he not have speed anymore, but he mm-hmm. has the He's a lively in the defense at zone. times. Phenomenal in simple parts of the game at times. Totally. That's a complicated sentence to say sometimes he's phenomenal at certain parts of the game, but that's honestly what it is. Like he still has some great simple plays that an NHL defenseman needs to be able to make. Totally. And that might be what the Canucks need, but you're right where if there's a struggle happening, like we said with the Toronto example, if there's a few games down the road where we just can't break out of a defensive funk, that might be the change that needs to be made. Yeah. Just yeah, for a game, I agree. just for a week or two. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, just, just to see how it goes and just to give some of these younger guys a chance. You know what I mean? Fuck yeah. Josh, because you're Van- fucking, you are the Schwab, dude. That is a thought and a half. Yeah, there you go. See, I'm telling you, man. I'm not, I'm not just a pretty face. So There you go. I fucking um, love that. So we've talked about the Canucks defense talked about old man, Joe, what else do we have for hockey for the NHL at least? Cause I know well, we have some world junior stuff. Yeah. So, well, I guess we can kind of ask this question. Have you watched any world juniors? I have not. Yes. Yes. You I have. have. What was your, what are your thoughts here? What's your breakdown Dil- dragger? Um, our Canada's goalie. Uh, I forget his name. Uh, oh, it's, it's four letter name, isn't it? Levi, yeah. is that or yeah, 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 Levi. That's it. That's He's it? he he looks a little shaky. That's just my kind of surface level take. Um, okay. Dylan Cousins, dude, dude, this kid, this kid's so good. <laughs> He's so good. Um, <laughs> so like, you know, you know who drafted Dylan Cousins, right? The Sabers. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, he's got to yeah. be bad, right? It just yeah. means he has to be bad. He has to be bad, which is so upsetting. But you know where he played his junior hockey. Are we talking Red Deer? No. Oh, close. Lethbridge Hurricanes. Okay. Yeah. So I know I know the Alberta twang whenever you bring it up. Just can never yeah, yeah, right yeah. yeah. Okay. There's only if actually the WHL teams in, in Alberta. But 
Um, Cousins is looking nice. Uh, dude, Jamie Drysdale, dude, his shot is disgusting. Like the fact that Anaheim have has Jamie Drysdale and Trevor Zegers from the Americans is like that's just not fair. That is not fair. Their rebuild is going to be nice and fine with those two guys at the heart of it. Yeah. That's that's a team that the Canucks are going to have to deal with too, and the Flames in that sense in the Pacific Division for a long time. So, once you we get back watched? Are you watching the highlights from Trevor Zegras? Yeah, I've seen some of the the passing plays he's been making, and he's he's filthy. This is a coming he's, out party for for Mister Z. He's so good, dude. He's so fucking good. Um, well, another guy that I really here. They're, they're playing against Junies too. Okay, let's not forget that. True, true. They are. Um, <laughs> But just even seeing um, uh, before, it, it sucks that we were unable to see Kirby Doc, dude. Like the fact that he was so good in the NHL, and then you're like, "Yeah, congrats, dude! You're going up against junior players again for like ten days. Have fun!" Like Doc would have lit this tournament up. Uh, he would yeah. have dominated so you hard. But are f- it is not fucking it is. wrong there. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So me not watching it, I think I'm gonna probably get a like a two week I think I said this last time, but I'm gonna get a subscription to TSN if for the semis and finals along the schedule lines up here. But I've heard mm. I've heard and I've seen through highlights that our boy Pod Colson is just an absolute wrecking ball out there. Uh yeah. maybe not to the points and the 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 dazzle that a guy like Cousins or or the physicality. Put on. Yeah, the physicality and the the physical side of the game outside of that not hitting people, but just the engine on the guy. Yeah, that's that's one thing that I've noticed too. And I put is he going to make question. the team this year? No, nah, I don't think so. In the forward group, there's enough young and skill already. Yeah, I think it's, kind of it's the like same why defense. rush? Why why put him in a bottom six when that's not really what he's going to succeed at doing? And so totally, there's not really room for him in the top six or top nine, really, even at that point. So yeah, I, yeah. he's got a bright future though if he continues on the trajectory he's on. So I'll be I watching the rushing games closely when he's out there. But, well, I mean, Canada plays Russia tomorrow at 2 p.m., so, so that'll that's be a good something game. that I was going to look up afterwards, but you fucking mm-hmm. thank you very much, sir. I got you, buddy. I'll be, I got I'll you. be watching that when I'm at yeah. work, not doing yeah, work. Yeah, so it's, so it's Canada and the Russians at 2, and then the, the Americans play the Finns. Um, okay. So, I mean, the U.S. and Finland, I don't think there's any rivalry there by any means, but definitely Canada and Russia, so I'll be easily watching that game closely. Yeah, that'll be a nice one. Yeah. Um, Okay, so we we can move on here if you're down. Okay. Yep. Um. So, person, so, buddy. So, I got this little. I, I want I want your opinion here. And Raph, if you're back, you can help me out with this too. Um. Recently, oh, yes, Raph's back. Raph's yep. here. Yeah, I've been back. Raph's hey, back. buddy. How long have you been here? Uh, since you guys talk about Joe Thornton. Oh, well, that's been a minute. Jeez, what'd you? It's been a minute. Yeah. What? Well, I was cool. gone for like ten minutes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm ready. Sorry, Elijah. Continue. It's okay. Um, okay. So I was recently out. I was buying some hockey stuff. Did not intend to buy myself anything. Was going out uh, trying to trying to buy some stuff for other people. But so we get there, and first of all, I see a sale on a stick. This is at Sport Check too. I guess shout out Sport Check. Fuck whatever. Um, and I see a hockey stick there. Normally two fifty for fifty bucks. So I yeah. have to I have to buy that. 80 percent of a yeah. hockey stick. I don't care if I have twelve sticks at home, I have to buy it. So yeah. I grab that. And then on the way, even when I was there and when I'm at home, I'm thinking of this question. 
So now this is kind of the the norm for beer league or any kind of organized hockey is you bring two sticks just in case one breaks. Some people don't do it. I, I never used to do it until now, but I was thinking about this. So I just bought a new stick. My, uh, my second one, the older one, I've had it for like a year and a half. It's seen some ice before. So what oh, the yeah. fuck, do, what the fuck do I do when I play the next game? What stick is coming out? Do I bring out the new stick and play with that for now on? Or do mm. I, do I wait to break or damage the other one where I have to replace that? And then I bring in the new stick. Yeah. Well, what I would say is as soon as we're allowed to go back, like doing like stick and puck and drop in and all that, I would just practice with your new stick, like get used to it, but then go back to old faithful for the games. Cause like, that's what you know, right? Because if you, if you have a bad game, for example, like you can blame it on your, on your new stick. But like, if you have old faithful there, you're chilling. You know what I mean? I, I see that side of it where you, you kind of want to get used to both, or at least you want to, you want to experience. And that's one thing I think it's, it, w- on one side, it's fucked up to buy the new stick and and just decide to put it aside until the old one breaks because then it's it yeah. kind of defeats the excitement of it. You know what I mean? When you buy something new and you just don't use it. Um, yeah. And then it all on the other side though, if you were to use it, now you're putting the second stick in purgatory. Where like, okay, now you do that. What happens when you break the first stick? Do you then go out and replace that broken stick with a new one again, and then just repeat the process and throw this old one back into number two? It's fucked. You use a twisted. Yeah. You use your old stick first until it breaks, and then use your new one. It's yes. tough though. My you theory, miss my the theory, though. my theory behind this though is that say you buy two sticks at the exact same time, yeah, and then say you use one stick for one second, that is now suddenly your older stick. You're going to be using that stick more frequently because it's the one that's yeah. been more used, and then you're going to use it till that one breaks, and then you're going to go onto your new stick. Yeah, it's it, it's funny because it's much easier. I think it's an easy, a much easier question when they're both the same amount of new and you just choose one and that's your number one and then the other one's your number two. That makes sense. And I've even had number two sticks that are like just even older than the one I'm using, which makes it easier as well. But this one just throws me for a loop because I'm stoked on using that one because it looks nice. I kind of like the curve a little bit more. But but my my old stick, the the older one, I, it's still a good one. It's a warrior. It, like I like it's a decent stick. Perfect height. Everything about it works. So I'm just I'm, yeah. I'm confused. I'd like some opinions on this. So oh, if anyone I'm, out there all, can listen, all I'm gonna say, dude, is I I've, I've caught some nasty passes from you from yeah. the stick that you were using beforehand. So my advice is don't change a thing, buddy. Don't fix something that's not broken. You chuck okay. some hard sauce with that old stick. Fuck yeah, dude. See that's that's a good vote of confidence, sir. I like that. There you go. I like the way you formatted that for me. There you go. You like that that's one? Sec- yeah, that's do. sexy. Yeah. Um, Welcome to 2021. Josh is the supportive friend. Fuck yeah, dude. Josh is <laughs> Josh is this pillar of hope for me. I'm gonna lean on you more than you're more than you're wishing for. Don't worry. <laughs> oh, okay, daddy. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so I had this written down as well. This is kind of a different tangent that we can go on. And I actually okay. want to get some interactive responses here. I might put out some Twitter polls and we might put some Instagram questions too. But I want some help with our beer league, and maybe you guys can give your first opinions on some ideas we can have once once we get into a league and once we get the season starting, where we can have some predetermined uh, outcomes slash events that happen with each of these each of these things when they happen. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I've got some things written down here. For example, like person scores their first goal. So if if our boy Josh goes down, number let's be first game number one goes down. 
left defenseman, obviously he's holding the puck, won't pass it to anyone, goes in the zone and rips one for his first goal. What happens? Like, what's the celebratory event that coincides with a person scoring their first goal of organized hockey? Or in this case, for the team, for the boys? Well, you know, it'll be interesting because the one, uh, I remember when I played drop-in hockey with, uh, with you and Dan that one time, and Luke, Luke was there. And I took that shot and I ended up landing flat on my ass because I just, I, I panicked and I just, I tried to rip a snapshot that literally yeah. didn't even leave the ice and I scored. I wasn't even happy about it. I skated over to the boys and I'm like, to these guys I didn't even know. And I say to them, that was the shittiest goal ever. And I gave some fist bumps and skated awkwardly to the bench. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, that's when you know. That's when you know it was rough, dude. Even your excitement that you've been yeah. building up for so long can't take over that moment. Yeah. If if it was a snipe, for example, probably would have like jumped into the like into the boards, and it's like, let's fucking go, boys. Like it depends all on the scenario. You know what I mean? Like it has totally. to be. It has to be either a game winning goal. If we're down like ten one or 10 nothing, and I score the only goal for us, I'll probably sell you a little hard because I, I broke the shutout, and it would also be my first goal. But I'm more looking forward to seeing, like, Raph rip one. I remember when Raph first played hockey, but he just lobs one into the Ozone and just hits a target, top cheese, and then hits yeah. a crossbar and his neck shot after. I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> <laughs> this guy's the Chris Kyle sniping pucks <laughs> from the center. <laughs> it's nuts, dude. I dude, Ralph, died laughing. It, shout out to Raffle for, for doing that, for, for actually going eyes or no mouth guard at first. That was an insane. Yeah, that was well, you guys also ass. gave me fucking, uh, ha- ha- like, not hand-me-down gear, hand-me-down gear, basically. Yeah, yeah everyone's just like walking out with gear, and I'm just like, all right, sick. I guess I'm going without a visor. And then yeah. <laughs> Doherty shows up, and Doherty had a visor or an extra helmet with a visor. So he just sauced me that, which is really nice. But the funny thing is, when you were out there, obviously, it being you not skating recently at all in your life, it, at times it looked like you were on rollerblades on the ice rink, but still oh, yeah. you, were pick, you were picking top corners with the with the dang thing. So, I mean, that was impressive in itself. Yeah. Well, we always played like a bunch of ball hockey when we were kids, remember? And like, yeah. Right. yeah. Yeah, I remember so just, you, you love to roof it up towards the garage or the house behind the net. Uh, that was you guys, actually. I like to think that I was on target more than anybody, <laughs> but it's fine. We both remember things differently. Um, gotcha. Yeah, but I thought it was like, I don't know. I just, I just, I just, that's how I play. Yeah, that's badass. So, okay, yeah. maybe our cl- our collective minds can get this started, but we're going to need help also from the boys when we start talking to them and forming this team. But we need for help from our listeners. What are some things event-wise that we can do when this happens. So example, for example, when the game's over and we know someone got their first goal, like something has to happen in the locker room. I don't know if it's like we punch them in the face, if they shock in a beer, if there's some, if there's like a little nice hard spirit in a Mickey in the hockey bag. And I need some creative things. Like what are some creative things that we can do here? I also, I also want some help from the listeners of pregame rituals. I want to get into this routine. You know, Jamie, Ben will, or no, it's Tyler Sagan on the stars who refuses to leave the ice. Until everyone else is off. Like, he has to be the last guy. I think I'm going to be that guy on this team. Yeah. I will not leave the ice until everybody else is gone. And I will wait someone out. <laughs> that, I, I could see you being that guy. I'll be that guy. You could be that guy for us. And I I, <laughs> I don't know if you're going to be the chirpy guy. That's what I'm interested to see. That will Dude, be quite I, get, the day when I-, I get so competitive. 
and we'll transition about playing online hockey, like for in NHL 21. We'll talk about that. But we can do that. We can do that now if you want. You want to do that now? Yeah. Why don't we just end that by saying, any listeners out there, if you got any any ideas on how we can celebrate momentous occasions or pregame uh, rituals or any of that stuff too, so you just DMs. let us know. Yeah. Please do so. Slide in our DMs, tweet at us, whatever you guys want. Oh um, yeah. So, we get fucked in NHL, Josh. Dude, it <laughs> is. <laughs> just thinking about it, like I'm already starting to have a mental breakdown just talking about this. It yeah. is so frustrating for me. It is so frustrating <laughs> to lose that bad and having to rely on my friends to like come through. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think I think the other night. And I'm pretty sure Jordan or, or you said it, but it was late night and we were, ah, I forget what it was, but they ended up tying the game. And I'm like, that can't happen, guys. I'm like, that can't happen. And Jordan says to me, he's like, dude, like, Josh, like, it's a game, like, relax. And I don't know why, but my mind instantly went to that scene from The Last Dance. I think it was at the end of like episode eight or nine of The Last Dance about Michael Jordan. When he starts to get teary, he's like, if you don't want to play that way, go play that way. He's like, cut. <laughs> yeah, or he's like, or I forget what he said after. But I'm just like, it's my competitiveness, dude. Like, I can't help it. Like, I can't stand losing that bad. You know, if we lose like 3-2, like, yeah, it's frustrating. But like, when we're getting absolutely shit pumped, that is just like, I can't do it, man. I cannot do it. It spins me out mentally. <laughs> Yeah, that's I, I couldn't agree more. And playing a video game where you're just so the guy that everything and you yeah. go from that to having to rely on your close friends to be respond or like to fucking win and make mm-hmm. plays, that yeah, that gets frustrating. But and, we like yeah. the amount of times that we get shit on though is as absolutely insane. So if you're a person out there that plays NHL and you succeed at that good for you just know that there's people out there who are absolutely getting their fucking asses spanked at least five times a night like us yeah 100 percent. it was there were a couple games like i i i make weird noises too like i honk almost like or i pelt like a dog when there's like a bad play made um i've described playing with you to other as it is one of the things that you very clearly love to do but it's also one of those things that I could tell when you're playing, you're on the verge of not a mental breakdown, but a, a breakdown for the night where you're just like, fuck it. I can't take it. I'm done. Yeah. I, I, can, hear, I can hear that in your voice when we're playing. And it, it's actually, it fucking kills me. I cannot stop laughing when we're doing it. I, I also think at the same time, though, and the one thing I will say about myself is I rip on people, but I also rip on myself. Because yeah. if, if I make a bad pass or if I pinch and and I knew I shouldn't have done it. Like that probably makes me more mad because now it's 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 myself. Like I'm making that decision. I'm making the conscious decision. I'm controlling my own guy. I can only get so angry at someone because I don't have any control of what they're doing. I don't know what they're thinking. I don't know what their plan is and that sort of thing. But when I make a mistake, I'm just as pissed off at myself than I have. Like I'm tougher on myself than I am on anybody else. Yeah. Like I would agree. I, I can I can vouch for that. I can vouch for that when Josh makes a mistake. I love it. Yeah. Guys accountable. Yeah. Um okay, we can transition <laughs> here. Let's move on. Let's move on from some hockey talk. Let's quickly tap what was 
NFL and what is finishing up as the day in the NFL as well. Yeah. Um, so real quickly, the Browns make the playoffs for the first time in 18 years. Paula yeah. at that. That's big news. But Josh, we need to talk about the Dolphins. We've got to go there. I don't want to. We've got can I go, to. Can I go to the bathroom like wrap and just come back in 10 minutes and then we can move on? <laughs> Do you do you really want to leave me un, unhinged about my thoughts about the Finns and Tua? Is that what you want this podcast to be? Well, lead me in, and uh, and we can talk about it. But if I okay. cry, I'm blaming it on you because I'm so, sensitive right now. The Dolphins. Now we go into the day where they, like four other teams in the AFC, control their own destiny. That's a big. That's a big privilege to have. Yeah going into the the last day of the season where you can put yourself in the playoffs. Obviously, they're playing a very good Bills team who I don't believe had anything to play for. I guess if they lost and the Steelers won, they would have had the third well, I think seed. Well, yeah. I think it's based on who they play in the playoffs, yeah. right? Yeah. So, you know, so the higher did, you rank, the easier team you get. Yeah, so technically they did have something to play for. Um, so what happened, what transpired in the game really was all it's leaving us asking is Tua a bust. Is that where we're at, Josh? No. Is this on Tua, the three-interception game, the fucking overthrows? It looks like, dude, it looks like he's trying to throw a football to his team using an, a nine-iron, dude. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think it is fair for anyone to say, like, if you have a bad rookie year, that you're a bust. I truly do not believe that in any sport. Um, this is the first year that I found, like, it's his rookie season. And I also think at the same time, don't get me wrong, Brian really got a coaching team this year. But also at the same time, there's a bit of me, did he kind of mishandle the quarterback situation? Like consistently rotating out Fitzpatrick and Tua. Now, obviously, it seemed like he was starting to like ride the hot hand. Um, you know, his plan altogether was to obviously, um, you know, start to uh, whether or not Fitzpatrick was put on the COVID list or not. But also at the same time, you know, this is this just goes to show that Miami is not. That I still believe that they're a playoff team, but also at the same time, when you look at who the other teams played today in terms of who who was getting in, Miami was easily had the hardest game today. You know, you had yeah, by you far. Had the, you had the Colts playing the Jags, you had the Ravens playing the Jets. Or no, not the Jets. Who was it? Um Maybe it was the I Jets. Th- I think you you might have been right on that. I think it was the Jets. I think I might have been right. I think it was yeah, and they swung yeah. to like thirty one three. Um, oh, it was the Bengals. The Ravens played the Bengals. Or the Bengals. Sorry. Yeah, the Ravens Patriots played the Bengals. Um, and, then the, and then the Browns played the Steelers, but also at the same time, they didn't have Big Ben in the lineup. So, you know, was it predicted that Miami was going to lose? No. I actually felt pretty confident going into the Buffalo game after I kind of saw how Miami played against Kansas City. Um, yeah. But also at the same time, like, dude, Buffalo, they're nasty, man. Like they, they, this is the one team out of the AFC and NFC that I could actually see taking down the Chiefs. If the Chiefs get past the Bills, or sorry, if the Bills get past the Chiefs, I think the Bills could win the Super Bowl, and I really believe that. 
Yeah, I think I, th- I think even if the Bills, can. as long as the Bills can get to that point where they get some playoff momentum going, totally. Then I think that even if they play the Chiefs, I think they have a very strong chance to win the Super Bowl. Yeah, for um, sure. But so to answer I, your original question, I don't think two is a bust. I don't think so. I don't think about, that's fair to say. What about recent happenings with other quarterbacks? Like we got Josh Rosen, dude. The guy had a shit season in Arizona and he didn't see another start. I think he saw, did he see any starts in Miami that next year? Well, they had, they had Rosen for two, two and a half years. Oh, okay. I'm sure. I don't know. I thought uh, it was one. No, 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 no. They okay. gave him like two and a half years of quarterback. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't think to, uh, I think to, it just needs to get comfortable. I think that's just, he needs to get used to the playbook. He needs to just get used to it all. And so, I feel like Miami was also operating at a very like, would I say that Miami overperformed this year? Yeah, I, I would say so. 100% they did. You know, was yeah. this an overachieving season? Yeah. So when you have a rookie quarterback, like, and you're instantly putting them in the spotlight, you know, that that's a lot. Because when you think of all the other quarterbacks that were taken in this draft, like the Chargers suck, so Herbert had no pressure. Joe Burrow went down, but he plays on the Bengals, so there was no pressure on him. But it seemed like Tua was kind of the one guy that actually had all this pressure because Miami was doing well. Yeah, I would. I got to counter that point. I think I got to disagree with you on that, just because I think if there's not if there's not pressure to perform as a team, there's still definitely pressure as a person, and that's obvious. But especially in the rookie quarterback world, to perform. And the, the, the part that dis, that, that kind of concerns me about Tua is that, so you've got a guy who, uh, he was drafted, was he, was he number five four. pick? Four. So four he's number four pick in the draft. Like, clearly, one of the best quarterbacks in the draft. And you've got him struggling with an offense that Ryan Fitzpatrick seems to do just fine with. Like, yeah, he seems, but to, you also he seems have, to find the guys, right? Yeah, but you also have to remember, though, that Fitzpatrick, like, he's been in Miami for a couple of years. He's been... He's, totally. He's been on multiple teams. He's played with multiple offenses. He's a veteran. Yeah. Right? But in terms of in terms of looking at, at the, the playbook side of it, where maybe he just hasn't had the exposure and the time to learn it, is other guys like Burrow and Herbert are dominating the league. Like mm-hmm. Herbert broke tons of records this year for rookie QBs and stuff like that. And Joe Burrow was well on his way to doing the same thing. Like yeah. the, it's unfortunate because I hate this side of sports where we have a shorter attention span for for rookies and for young players to develop but Mm -hmm. it is kind of the world that's created especially in football qbs is that this guy like whether or not we can consider robust yet is very much in the air and 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 could could not be any more it couldn't be labeled as anything more than a debated topic but there's definitely a case to be made that it's trending that way like today's Mm -hmm. performance was god awful some of those picks that he was throwing he overthrew the guy by five yards Mm -hmm. so i mean it's it, it was scary to see, that's for sure. And I think just it, it's unfortunate mm-hmm. because there's other guys dominating the league at such a young age. For but sure. I, I hear, and it, it's going to be tough next year because uh, the, the AFC East teams are they're going to be there still. The the rest of the AFC is going to be there too. And the um, Pats, I think, are going to be a lot better than they were last year or them absolutely. this year. Sorry, because their defense is going to be back. I you know that Belichick is, has something up his sleeve this season. Um, yeah. You know, so I think the Pats are going to be right there with them. So it'll be interesting. Okay. Well, you, maybe, okay. Right, sorry well, to interrupt. Are you watching this Washington Philadelphia game? Yeah, I've got it on in the back. This is 
fucking crazy. Like what's happening? Like this this yeah. game is so sloppy right now. I can't even concentrate. But and there's t- oh um, my god, yeah, yeah. What I is think going I'm ahead on? Yeah, you are. Um, but yeah, so going yeah going back to your original question, I I think it's too early to call. If Tua has, I think next year, in order to prove your point, you need to give Tua like the reins. Like you need to say like. You're, you're like you're the starting quarterback until you lose the job. Flores can't just flip flop starters between games. It, I, I think that's not fair to, to Fitzpatrick or to Tua. Yeah. And like okay. you'll, that I see conversation that. is going to keep rising. If how, if wor- you how keep worried are you right the, now? The how how what would you where would you scale your worry right now about Tua? Um, I'm going to say a three three and a half out of ten. Okay. I think to me, like rookie QBs, I think they either come in they light it up or they're stupid and they're scared. Yeah. And Tua is kind of the stupid and scared part right now, but he's also had moments where he's been great. Yeah. That's the other there's thing. been a couple he's moments. Showed, he showed like things of greatness. So um, right now I'm not ready to hit the panic button just yet. It was a very unorthodox season for Miami. I think they overachieved. Um, but I mean, again, like there's still a lot of pieces that, um, you know, Miami needs to get, like they need better wide receivers. They need to give someone, uh, they need to give someone other than Gusecki, a fucking tight end to throw to. They need somebody else. Isn't Jabari receiver. Parker, the other wide receiver there? Devonte Parker. Javante. Yeah. Yeah. He's hurt. So Jabari. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I think he played today. Did he? I th- may- maybe so, I, I saw him on the field at one point, but, but either way, but, but again, though, they need in more. my opinion, Devontae Parker is he a number one? No chance. You put yeah. him on, I don't think he is. That's I think fair. you need to uh, get this kid from Alabama who's just fucking unreal. I forget his name, but he's so good. I watched him in the... Mac Jones? No, that's their... Oh, uh, sorry. Yeah. Sorry about wide receivers. Devontae wide Smith? Receiver. Yeah, Devontae Smith for Alabama. That gets fucking disgusting. They're saying that this guy's going to go fourth overall. For Yikes. a wide receiver, that's crazy town, dude. Yeah, maybe he can be good as good as Chase Claypool. We'll see. Good yeah. luck, buddy. <laughs> um, oh, do you want to run through some quick NFL uh, wild or what is it? NFL round one playoff predictions? Do you want to do that next week? What do you want to do here? I'll give mm-hmm. the option to you. Let's do the predictions next week. The one thing I have a take Next for week you. being Thursday is what I mean because the, the, the games will happen next Sunday, but let's hear it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. So next episode, we'll go through the takes. Yeah. Um, for the picks. So the take for today, Derrick Henry has to be MVP. Like, does he not? MVP? I, I don't know. I, I can't give him the MVP. What? He's he's Body. a beast. Don't get me wrong. How can you take it away from Aaron Rodgers? Well, the, well, isn't the MVP handed out for the AFC and NFC, or is it just the, uh, it no, the entire it's, league? It's the I think it's the entire league. <sighs> That's unfortunate. Fuck. Yeah, there's there is a case. I I won't dismiss it and say he's nowhere near the top, but uh, yeah, but dude, like he's the seventh player ever to rush for two thousand, and not ever. to mention not to mention he put up two hundred and fifty yards on the last game of the season, dude. That's he insane. If, if Henry is not there, like Tennessee is not even close to the playoffs. They are not even close. Yeah, you're not. He wrong. goes down, and you do not have anything. But yeah. going back to your point, I hundred percent agree with you. You could say the same case for Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, you know if he's not, if he's not there, Green Bay does not make the playoffs. They or and, mm, I, 
They might, but they're definitely not as good as they are. Yeah, I don't think they're anywhere near the playoffs with Aaron Rodgers. But yeah, and, and then, then there's the case one one eleven to five, the other one thirteen and three. So <laughs> true. Very very good cases made for both of them. But I'm giving it to Aaron Rodgers at this point. I think what he did today too just completely solidified what what he's trying to push for here. Two touchdowns in, in the fourth quarter, or wow. I guess one one because there was a rushing touchdown. But either way, uh, beautiful season by this guy. I guess uh, what I want. I guess what I want to see then, if Derrick Henry doesn't win the MVP, then I want him to at least get AFC Offensive Player of the Year. I think, he's, I think he's earned that. I think Mahomes doesn't even come close. I think he kind of fell apart in the last, like, or not, I wouldn't say fell, fell, fell apart. Fell like, off, for sure. He fell, fell off. Yeah, fell off. Definitely didn't fall apart. Um, yeah. But then I think, well, here comes Josh Allen, you know, because yeah. this kid's so good. Okay. But again, we can move on here. We're gonna we're gonna expedite things a bit. We're gonna keep time time a precious commodity for all the listeners and for Raf and his and his uh his sleep schedule here. Um, right. we got to break down this rap video though. We got to talk with us for a second. We're gonna post it for anyone that uh, if you have if you're listening to this and you haven't watched it, you clearly have not been watching what I'm posting because can we put it out it? there? Hundred percent. Yeah, I've already shared it on Twitter and it's it's gotten exposure. It's out there. I got to find a way to get it out on IG too because. People have to see this. It's it's the best thing I've ever seen in my life. Can, so, and Josh, did you kill yourself laughing watching this video? Dude, I, I died. <laughs> like in the first like in the first fifteen seconds, I was gonna exit out, and then I read like the thing that you wanted us to talk about. You're like, hey, like let's talk about the funniest part in this video. And I'm watching. I'm like, this is so stupid. I'm like, this really isn't even funny. And then I see this guy. Just crashed through a door, and I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> and then I was, I was in fucking tears. I'm like, I can't turn away from this. All I know is, and then the guy that comes out from underneath the deck. I don't know. I guess <laughs> just my, I guess my favorite part, and then I'll shift it over to Raph because he hasn't talked in like 20 minutes here. Is the guy running through the door? Like that was the instant grab for me, and then I yeah. was like, I still have another minute and forty five seconds of this. Like this is unreal. <laughs> Raph, tell me you watched the video. I did watch the video. It's it was fucking. I'm hyped to get you. <laughs> Not at all. It got me the it exact opposite of hype. It got me. It made me feel like I just need to go lay down in my bed, cover my head with my pillow, like wrap myself in a blanket and go to bed and wait for the day to end. It was awful, dude. It actually sucked. Like, it's like, like it, it, there were so many dumb things. Like, the first guy who was rapping, I don't know if you guys noticed, but his feet, he was, like, pitter-pattering in place. Like, not even <laughs> not even just, like, like big steps, just, like, tiny, like, little, like, like just, like, just fucking walking. <laughs> like, what the hell is so that? Yeah, he was doing the opposite twink- of crip walking. He was doing, like, a little bitch walking. Exactly, little, sure. Little twinkle toes action. Yeah, sure. And then, <laughs> what's it called? <laughs> One of the guys, when he was rapping, he reminded me of that... Chris D'Elia bit where he's in the car <laughs> rapping the Eminem or rapping Eminem or pretending to rap like Eminem and that's exactly what he sounded like to a T. Like if you haven't yeah. seen the video I'll get Elijah to put us it out on Twitter but that's exactly what he fucking sounded like. It was bad, dude. Dude, yeah, the guy that came from out from under the patio Yeah. He comes out full head of steam and I could already tell because <laughs> this is something that I would do. I'd come out, I'd be so worried about making a grand entrance and making myself seem so badass that I would forget to take a breath by the time I start rapping. Yeah. This, this guy on the mic was dying with the breath. And it kind of fucking made me max. He almost has the same hair that I do, which is <laughs> fucked. 
I cannot make that comparison for myself there. Um, that also looks like that remind that guy when he comes out to rap, dude, that reminds me of every single one of us when we had to do first public speaking in elementary school. We had to do this <laughs> and everyone's just racing through the speeches like fuck the run on sentences, dude. Let's do one long sentence. Yeah. Dude, to be honest, the one the one thing that really triggered me in it was the guy that was always saying, Yeah. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, dude, I'm like, this is a mirror image of me of how I sound in bed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm I just, like, about the door. The best part about where did that, that is, come from, dude? The best part about like, that is setting door? up that video. This reminds me of something I would do too, because setting up that video, at some point, one of them decided to say to their friends, hey, dude, I think it'd be sick if we took this door. And wedged in the bush a little bit, and they're like, "Why would we do that?" Be like, "Because so we're gonna break it. it down." Yeah, yeah I'm, gonna, I'm gonna run through the fucking door. That's why. That's <laughs> and then all the boys like, genius. "That's fucking sick." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we got to do it. That's oh, oh God. shout out, wherever these guys are, man. You guys made my day. So they're from yeah, the Apple Ridge, that. aren't they? No, I think that was someone's funny quote. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> someone said, "Like, did anyone ever know there was that that there was, Maple Ridge had an anthem?" <laughs> that's a good good tag on that one um oh, man well we'll have to get some listener thoughts on that too if anyone ever re- responds to us on that one yeah but why don't we move into our movie review for the week finish off this episode here yes down yes okay so uh, raf why don't you lead us in your movie yep. where do you where do you want me to where do you want me to where do you want me to start it Give us just your get, take, dude. Just give us your take. Yeah. Uh, sorry, hold on. Just one thing real quick. I thought it was a great movie. I really enjoyed it from start to finish. I thought, okay, so this is the Jake Gyllenhaal thing that I wanted to talk about. Like, I like Jake Gyllenhaal in these kinds of roles because he does a really good job of playing, like, like a timid, kind of, like, anxious character who has, like, a lot going on in his thoughts. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, timid, mm-hmm. obsessive almost. Tim exactly yeah obsessive would be a really good way yeah. to put it like if you ever watched him in like he has like a really similar vibe in nightcrawler or like a really similar vibe in donnie darko like he does really well in those roles where it's like somebody like this like a person has a lot going on in their head uh robert downey jr's character that's disgusting jesus christ <laughs> robert downey jr's character is unreal yes super yeah. good from start to finish like you can as you see him like slowly deteriorate it's just crazy and mm-hmm. then, uh, what's it called? And then Mark Ruffalo. Mark Ruffalo's character was also dope because he goes from like being against the paper to kind of like being with them, to then being against them again, and then to the end helping Grayson kind of like solve and piece together everything that's going on. Right. And it was just a dope movie. And the way that they like did it was really interesting because they kind of like roped you in with everything at the very beginning because they rifled off the murders relatively quick. Like within the first 40 minutes, I think everybody, yeah. everybody was supposedly dead. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then yeah. for the rest of it, they're just like explaining like how they're trying to like track them, like whether it's looking through like uh, finger fingerprints, writing, all that kind of stuff. It was gnarly, like all the elements that they included in it. Right. I I think for me, touching on like the the acting part of it, I hundred percent agree with you guys with Jake Gyllenhaal. I also find that Mark Ruffalo does a really good job at kind of playing a. He's always usually in like a position of like power i find you know what i mean like someone that usually carries like a lot of weight like i feel like he makes like a really good like investigator and that sort of thing like he was in now you see me um kind of yeah. like working for the fbi like he, he plays that 
He does a good analyst very, of any kind, whether it's analyst, criminal. stressed yeah. out role type of thing. Um, yeah. You know, very like obsessive and very, uh, I would say, intense. I think he does a really good job at that. For was sure. That, yeah. Was was the real quick? I was just thinking about this. I was trying to remember and make sure that I got the the character right. Um, mm. the, you said the wrong name at one point. What? You, is that what you were going to touch on? No. What name did I say wrong? Oh, uh, you. I think you said Grayson when you were talking. You said that he was helping Grayson, but Jake Gyllenhaal is Grayson. I, I was talking about Mark Ruffalo helping. I was talking about Mark Ruffalo's uh, detective. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, sorry. Yeah. Go on to what you were saying. Okay. Anyways, um, one of the one of the oh, fuck the police officers in the Vallejo department. That was what's his name from Sons of Anarchy, wasn't it? Oh, uh, I didn't, oh, if it was, I didn't catch it. I'm not a hundred percent sure. Okay, I'll look it up later. I'll figure it out. I can't remember his yeah. name, but he's dope. I really like him as an actor. Okay. Yeah, Interesting. But, um, yeah. The I'm trying to think that the guy that actually ended up being like the leads or the pretty much the only suspect for being the actual uh, Zodiac Lee. murderer, Lee. That actor is really good too. I really like him. I don't know his name. He's in a couple things, but like he's usually in like a lighthearted kind of role. I find. Yeah. Um, and yet he was put into this very yeah, like just a weird role obviously being being a serial killer um but yeah overall like i i like the movie i i kind of fell asleep for the first maybe like the mid 35 minute mark 35 minutes to like the hour mark so i missed a couple things um but overall i really liked it like i really liked it they they had apparently apparently the scene where the second couple gets murdered like the one by Mm -hmm. the lake um That is apparently one of the best voice acting you can get for a woman woman screaming. Really? Yeah, like people have said that that's the closest that they've ever heard to somebody like actually screaming from getting stabbed. Well, Holy fuck crap. me! That's yeah, an interesting, that's, interesting that's little cringeworthy wild. fact. Fuck yeah, me up. wild, right? Um, I had some thoughts here. I want to get your guys' opinion on. So, what do you think? Out of that movie, it's very clear the media plays a precarious role in the entire situation. Um, like in real life, because this is obviously based on true story, what do you actually think is the proper role of a media in this kind of situation when you're given this type of information with, with pretty clear instructions on what to do with it? Like, what do you think is the right move for the media to do? Yeah, the media like, is going to do whatever. Thing? The media is going to do whatever gets them the most money and the most viewers. Totally, you that's, could, what, you could, that's the most predictable one. But what do you think is the right thing to do? I think the right. Well, like in that kind of situation too, it's like. I don't know. It, th- this is a very difficult example to use because if you think of the very like when they received the first letter, the three, the three, what's it called? The uh, what's it called? With the cipher and the yeah, like how the three different groups get the letters. Like the people who work uh, at the paper, the place in Vallejo, and then the I can't remember where the other city was, but they each receive a different yeah. part of the cipher, which all gets combined together. And the guys like basically, if you don't post this in the news, I'll kill twelve people over the weekend. You know what yeah. I mean? Like at that point, it's kind of tough because like you can not post it, and then yeah, it's like twelve people die, but then you'll be hold, held accountable for it, kind of in a way. Um, yeah. Or you do post it, and then like what happens in the movie happens where additional people don't die that weekend. Like it's kind of tough to deal with. So in in that situation, it's very difficult to justify your right or wrong. Yeah, like it's, a, morally, it's an the insane, right thing, it, morally the right thing would be to post it so people don't die. So some people, this is where it's a very interesting. It's a very good philosophical question. That's why I don't think it has a right or wrong answer. Everyone could be. Uh, have their own side on this because you can you can make sides for both of it where you're either provoking a serious like you're you're 
almost listening to the demands of a, a killer, which is kind of the same as negotiating with terrorists in a sense, mm-hmm. or you're you're doing what you said. You kind of you're you're doing the responsible thing and, and following his instructions so that he uh, hopefully doesn't kill twelve people. What where do you where do you side on this, Josh? Um, honestly, I think you know publishing these, uh, you know publishing like the stories and the or like the letters and like doing doing what you're told. I mean. I would do it. I mean, at the end of the day, it's not like you're wiring a lot of money or anything like that. Like you're just making it known, which I, is that like a bad thing? Like, I don't know. I've always been in the impression that like, I would much rather know like, Hey, how many murderers live in my city opposed to not knowing where (laughs) they're at? You know what I mean? Because I could just get the hell out of Dodge at that point. Yeah. Well, oftentimes, so so it's, it's oftentimes the police and the, the government who would not want this information out because they don't want to cause panic and they don't want to jeopardize their investigation. Totally. totally. So, which has ended up what happening, right? Because you put, you put the articles out there and once you continue to publish the articles, you saw it, they got whatever, like 2,500 tips and, and people of interest that they need to look into now. And all of a sudden they're flooded with information where yeah, and all of it's fucking useless. Exactly. So I, mean, I don't know if it was strategic or just, or just cynical and, and, and what's the word, uh, kind of just fucked up of the guy to do it. And that's why he did it. But I, I, I thought that was a very interesting question. Cause when I think about it, I, I honestly think if the police and the media work together, especially in this case, you could tell this guy wasn't exactly a flawless killer or a flawless criminal. I, I actually think you could tell he, he got provoked and he got triggered quite a few times when, when people like the, the time when, Grayson was interviewed and his his column was put in the paper. You saw that he got a call almost right away from that. Yeah. So I actually mm-hmm. th- I think that there's certain types of criminals out there that when you provoke them, provoke isn't the right word, but when you when you poke the bear for a sense, you actually mm-hmm. cause them to make mistakes or you cause them to, to, to instead of your instead of you playing their game, now you're you're making them play your game. If you know what I mean. Yeah, so it's, and it's I, a bit risky, but I, I've actually I would consider that if I was in position. Yeah, and question for you guys so the couple on the lake um that that obviously got killed do you think he did that like do you think he was going to kill them like no matter what or do you think because like the guy like the guy that was tied up like asked like if the gun was loaded and then like he was right about to walk away but instead like he just stabbed stabbed them to death like do you think he was going to kill them regardless or do you think he was provoked i think he's uh, no, I think he's gonna, gonna kill them regardless yeah he, yeah okay yeah I would, mm. and he actually didn't kill the guy. The guy survived. Yeah. Oh yeah, he did. Yeah. Both of the first, both that. of the first two guys survived. Right. Yeah. Right. 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 Yeah. Like remember yeah. Um, the. Oh yeah, the, that's the guy at the very end of the airport in Canada. Yeah. 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 So it's wild. This this is another thing about the movie that I I I didn't quite understand the ending of this was okay. So all the evidence points towards Arthur Lee Allen in the end of it, and that makes sense. And he dies of his heart attack and whatever. But what is there to make, and maybe this is a cinematic thing I haven't researched yet, like added for effect, but what the fuck's up with fucking Bo Vaughn and Wallace Penny and Rick Marshall? Like, what about these three, dude? Like, remember the guy that called and he was like, I know who the guy is and I know his friend. They could just be fucking with him. But you know, he went, remember when he went to the house and it was sus as fuck? Yeah. Yeah, like in the basement? That was terrifying. That was terrifying. And and how was there no follow-up on that? If that was a real part of the story, even if all the evidence points towards Arthur, this guy's got some fucked up details of his own. Yeah. Like, he, like you know what he I mean? He obviously knows something. 
Yeah, exactly. So why is this guy not being pressed a little more? That's kind of where I was like, I was screaming at the TV. I'm like, what the fuck? That's it? Yeah. What else makes you think? It's like, well, it almost seemed like at that time, like the case had gone cold. You know what I mean? But you also have to remember that Grayson's not in there to solve murder cases or anything like that. Like ultimately his goal there is to solve a puzzle. Like yeah, he says true. that at the beginning of the game, he's like, I, or at the beginning of the movie, he's like, I like puzzles. He's like, I just like puzzles. Like that's the only reason why he keeps trying to figure out the Zodiac thing is because it's a giant puzzle that he can't seem to solve. solve. And that's why he becomes so obsessive with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not going to lie though. His wife is a smoke show. Just putting that out there. Yeah. yeah. She was cute. And that's yeah. just such a Jake Gyllenhaal <laughs> move to fucking snag an absolute catch, start a family, have a family already. And then just decide that some creepy ass serial killer is worth more of your time and, and like, and do exactly what he did. Go on TV, go in the paper, put your face out there. That's exactly what you should not do. Come on. Yeah. Come on, man. Uh, yeah. My last thought for you guys, was it, was it Arthur? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I would say so. Yeah. Yeah. You think, you think so? He was the only yeah. plausible suspect that they had. The cases remained unsolved because they haven't basically. Uh, was like incriminated anyone for it, and then the yeah, coincidence yeah. of him having a heart attack at the very end after, and like him being in prison and the calls and the letters and everything stopping for four years, it's, like it is, it's a, it's a, a slam dunk. At what point do coincidences just become what's actually going on? The yeah. only thing that that uh, goes against it is there was a note at the end of the movie when they talked about how it wasn't DNA research. I think it might have been fingerprints or it was some sort of. Um, what's the opposite of circumstantial when the evidence is actual, like inconclusive? No, no, because circumstantial is all about like event based, and and he was he was here because it wasn't there, kind of thing. There's a, oh, whatever like alibi. It's, it, no, it's basically like tangible evidence, like like a like a right. fingerprint or something like that. Um, right, right. Maybe scientific. I don't fucking know. There was some all I know point is that it was inconclusive proof. evidence, though. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, that's kind of fucked up to think. Can we also talk yeah, about the, how how interesting the evidence was of the like the handwriting aspect? Because when yeah. they checked out Lee's handwriting, they're just like, it's not it's not right. It doesn't match. And then they checked out Rick Marshall's and they're like, this is as close as we've ever been. Yeah. Like and the that handwriting was such a bullshit piece of house. Yeah, but that's like such a bullshit piece of evidence too. Especially when what's his name? Bob was just like, Oh, he didn't draw those pa- uh those what's it called? Uh those posters those, I those did. Posters. Yeah. Yeah. I would say, anyway. I would say, yeah, even in um it, it not only is that evidence bullshit, but then also the guy who the old guy, I think his name was Sherwood. Shout out Sherwood, making the best one sticks back in the day. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he like he's also bullshit. Just the way that he's able to say for sure, like this cannot be him. I know for a fact by the way he draws his K's. Like fuck off, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. You, like, you know, you, what? you're you're ignoring all the other evidence. What was that? You you know a part of the movie I thought was really funny. What's that? And I'm probably gonna have to bleep this because I thought it was absolutely hilarious. What's that? <laughs> the scene where uh, Jake Gyllenhaal's in the in the in at his work or whatever, and then he goes up to that old guy. He's like, "Hey, does it ever bother you when people call you shorty?" And then he's just like, "Does it ever bother you when people call you?" Yeah. <laughs> and he just kind of walks away. <laughs> and then he goes yeah, up to yeah. Robert Daddy Jr. He's like, "Hey, dude, like people in the office ever call me names or anything?" And he's like, "Like what?" <laughs> and he's like, yeah. It's like, yeah. how'd you know? Yeah. Oh my god. They killed that movie. Um, yeah, they did a yeah. job with it. I was gonna ask one more thing. I forget what it was here. Let's give it a um, rating. Yeah, sure. You guys go ahead and shoot. Josh? Um 
I'm going to give this one like a 7.4. 7.4, nice. 7.4. I think for me, like, I think there was a couple times, like, I just had either like a hard time following it or I just thought it was like dragging on for a little bit. Like it was, it was just decently long for my taste. Like it was almost two hours and 40 minutes. Yeah. Josh for letting length affect his rating. There you go. Yeah. Rookie move. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I, I, I fucking hate giving any rating in the, the sevens or the low eights. I just think it's so fucking annoying. I want to be more critical or just more (laughs) praiseful of things, but, uh, I'm gonna go with a six nine. Shout out six nine. <laughs> um, I actually, it's awkward though because I like I loved I loved the actors and the way they played it. I guess I felt very unsatisfied by the way they did not address the bovine Wallace Penny thing. Okay. I will give it an eight point six. I really enjoyed the movie from start to finish. Like this movie is exactly like it's straight up my alley. I love shit like this. You know, so, it's actually funny. Like, I love it, stuff I with think, puzzles and any kind I of think, like. If this wasn't based on a true story, I probably would have put my rating right with you. Really? I don't know if I don't really know how to explain that, but I feel like, yeah, I'm not sure. I don't know. I thought I thought or it was maybe, great. maybe like, I, I thought they did a good job with it. Maybe it's the opposite because it is a true story, and that's why you're able to leave it so open ended. I don't know. Yeah, there's the open ended aspect too, but the one big thing that really did it for me was that like. I think a movie is really good when it makes me feel some type of way. And like by the end of this movie, I just felt kind of disturbed. You know what I mean? Like I was sitting, I was sitting uh, downstairs in my living room next to like a giant glass door that leads out to our backyard. And I just like, at the movie finished and I looked out at it and I was like, there could be someone standing right there in the dark. And (laughs) I don't like that. And it just made me like, it made me feel uncomfortable. Yeah. And I, and that's what I liked about the movie. You, you, this is one final thought, maybe before we move, before we end it. But um, this always blows my mind about serial killers because most of them don't commit their crimes until they're in their most of them are thirties, forties, some of them are twenties, like a weird Ted Bundy kind of thing. But yeah, yeah, it, it blows my mind that these these guys, whatever semblance of normal at that point, like maybe mm-hmm. I know they're fucked in the head and they they have like some what whatever kind of uh, fucked up parts about them. Like whether they kill animals or they just have some really twisted habits, but the fact for me that's weird is that they've never killed anyone for twenty five, thirty years of life, and then all of a sudden it just like go- goes off a cliff and they fuck they like become animals. Well, they always start right. small, right? Yeah, but it, you know what I mean. Where it's like you spend so long, you're, like for for the most part, like they live a normal childhood, like mm-hmm. they. Or normal is not a way to put it, but they're not a serial killer when and they're that, a child. Yeah, yeah but like, child. what they if don't they have start, hopes to do that? Yeah, but what if they start like, let's say, like burning ants and then moving on to like larger insects or something like that, and then maybe moving on to like small like rodents or something like, and they're just like slowly yeah. building it up. Like, if you're gonna see like a kid like lighting ants on fire, you're not gonna think about it or anything. You're just gonna be like, oh, he's lighting ants on fire. Yeah. you know. Or I guess you, like, this might have this might explain my porn a bit better. But for example, let's 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 assume that Lee Allen was the murderer. Did you just say your porn? Uh, I said point, but in like a really weird porn, porned. Okay. I got, I, yeah, I'm a bit fucked. <laughs> okay. That that strawberry gin took me right to the dome. Um, so let's take <laughs> let's take Arthur Lee. Let's make him the serial killer, and let's say whatever time he started when he was in his 30s. The amount of people that interacted with this guy, worked with this guy, went to school with this guy, like you would have never, you would have never thought to yourself, "Holy shit!" Like 
I sat beside a, ser- a future serial killer or I had a conversation or I worked with. Like that just blows my mind. The amount of people, the, these guys, these people they touch in their lives, not in a, a significant, impactful way, but they interact with people. They live among us. Yeah, but and people all think they're they become, weird. Not always. Yeah, but like Ted if, Bundy, if you're, Ted if Bundy if wasn't weird. But if you're using this example of Lee, like even yeah. his brother thought he was off. Even the guy that he went to that New Year's celebration thought he was off. He had the uh, he had the thing where, however, like a year ago or prior to when they uh, interviewed his brother, he was saying that he like touched a couple young children at his previous job or something like that. Like, there's always going to be. Yeah. But it, it's yeah, always there's like, usually it's like always a hitch in the swing, almost. Yeah. yeah, but you never think to yourself. You never think serial killer. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like it yeah, never totally. escalates to that point. Sometimes you might think yeah. like, "Oh, that guy's kind of weird," but you wouldn't jump to saying like, "Oh shit, that guy's going to kill ten people in the next ten years." Yeah, like it's just such it a really? fucked up trajectory of life. Yeah, true. Yeah. Um. Okay, so I guess the last part of this is Elijah. You're up, buddy. Yeah, I think you guys have all seen this movie, so I'm kind of I kind of I forgot to consider that part of this. That's okay. Um, I love rewatching movies. I'm not the, even sarcastic with that. You ready for it? The Big yeah. Short. That's what I'm choosing. The Big Short. Let's go, dude. Raph, have you seen that movie? No. Oh, oh you're. Go- I think you're gonna love it. Maybe I don't know. So uh, is it a sports movie? Make- no, it's no, about the, no, no. the stock market, market crash. crash. Of, yeah. Okay, I could do that. And it's got who's in it? Ryan Gosling, Christian Bale. It's from uh, Steve 20, Carell from 2015. Dude, yeah. it's got so yeah. many. Here, wait. Let me. So I was actually. I kind of want to do this with our with our spoiled segment. Is I want to go onto IMDb and look up the movie that we just watched and what they gave it out of ten because they yeah. give a decimal point. So Zodiac was seven point seven. Yeah, Zodiac was seven point seven. What did I say? I think I said seven point four. That's yeah. closest. Let's go IMDb. I'm the master of reading movies. Yeah, IMDb um, is also the fucking king of rookie ratings. Just keeping it in the sixes and sevens. Yeah. So, <laughs> but Josh. Rotten yes. Tomatoes gave it 89%. An 89, but also... So, I mean, meta, if you turn that meta, into a one-point decimal place, that's an 8.9. But also... <laughs> and Rotten Tomatoes, I believe, is more primarily driven by the average viewer as opposed to critics. But also, Metacritic gave it 78%, which is a 7.8. So, that's going to bring that <laughs> average down there, Raffi, which, in turn, is actually more into your favor because you gave it an 8.6. So I may have just helped you a little bit more there. So you're welcome. Um, I up the math, but okay. Uh, not really, but okay. Um, so the big short, I'm pumped for this movie because I watched it the first time, really liked it, but still didn't fully like understand like how yeah. the actual like crash happened. Yeah. And I was talking to you maybe didn't... at work. Sorry, go ahead. And they, Wait, yeah, don't spoil I, it. I, don't spoil it. No, just hang on. I haven't seen the movie. I, I'm not Raph. Why don't we, we talk about the movie next week when we watch the movie? No, all I'm gonna no, I'm not spoiling this at all. All I'm saying is that they're like, yeah, I watched it too, but they're like, it took me a second time to watch it to like fully grasp the movie. So Raph, if you come out of it next week with a lower rating, wait like a year, six months, whatever, rewatch it, and then you'll probably have like a hopefully a better understanding of it because i found it kind of like complicated to understand but there's a lot of moving parts to it that's for sure yeah for sure so Um, anyway yeah the the last point i was going to make is that i i'm kind of the opposite of you i i find it really hard to rewatch movies and this is one 
I want to be that guy. Like I look at so many movies that I've, I love so much and I just, I can't bring myself to rewatch it when I know there's other things I want to watch, but I'm kind of forcing okay. myself here because I really wanted to watch the big short again for a long time. So love that. time to get into it. I love, let's do it. Okay. Perfect. All right, boys. So that was spoiled. That was episode eight. That was stick and rank. That was the new year. That was 2021. So we'll see you on Thursday, guys. Uh, make sure to interact with us on our fucking accounts. Answer our question. You. Um, and Goats and Loats is going to be back. Oh, yeah. Goats and Loats making its triumphant return on Thursday. Yeah, it's been a while. We'll be hitting you guys with a fucking a list and a half. <laughs> All right, boys. Everyone take it easy. Peace. Adios. Oh, harder, baby.